0: Adam, where have you been?
1: I joined the Air Force, and it did not go well. Terrible inner ear issues, afraid of heights. No, I did not join the Air Force. I actually was promoting uh, The Big Short, uh, but I am happy to be back It's Surprisingly Awesome with you, Rachel, Adam Davidson, our whole amazing team.
0: I feel like I should give you the honors. You should
1: introduce our guest. Our guest actually is from... The Big Short. He's our composer, Nicholas Brattel, was a concert pianist, a degree in psychology from Harvard, who's also done music for 12 Years a Slave, Gimme the Lute. And he wrote this.
0: From Gimlet Media, this is Surprisingly Awesome. I'm Rachel
1: Ward. And I am Adam McKay. And joining us is Nick Brattel. I am incredibly honored to be here.
0: And Nick, we brought you here to help us understand this very specific idea from music theory. You propose this as a topic of our episode because this concept is everywhere. It's a tool that composers are always using because it evokes a very specific set of emotions in us. And it can help us understand what exactly it is that you do for a living. It's called the Circle of Fifths.
2: The Circle of Fifths, uh, for me, is this incredibly, it's a very beautiful chord progression, and hopefully by the end of the episode, um, it will be clear what it is, how it feels when you hear it, um, and also I think it's a a cool lens through which we can understand a lot of issues around music theory, like uh, starting with things like pitch and intervals and chords, um, and leading all the way through kind of how composers and songwriters uh, write music, so... That's why the Circle of Fists I, I think is pretty pretty
1: amazing. I actually had a horrible musical education when I was in school. Uh all I remember from my musical education was like ta ta ti ti ta rest rest. And then like all college kids I learned like five chords on a guitar and aggravated future girlfriends by playing horribly on it. So I uh, I come to this world having been betrayed by it, uh, but I'm open-minded. Do we want to hear a circle of fifths?
0: I think I think so we know what we're going for. Let's hear the circle of fifths.
2: Okay, here's the circle of fifths.
1: Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring
2: is like on. Jupiter and Mars
0: Okay, and it's also here. You never give me your money You only give me your funny paper And in the middle of negotiation And apparently it is also Here. So I, wow, I understand that we heard a circle of fifths in yes. there. Yes, <laughs> I'm totally incapable of identifying it. That's
2: okay. That's okay. So, in order
0: to understand this concept, we're gonna. I think we have to start at a very, very basic
2: level. For me, I think the most basic element to begin with is pitch. So, I think by starting with an understanding of like what a note actually is, um, we'll be able to sort of build up to the idea of what. Uh, what chords are and then eventually to what chord progressions are.
1: Can I confess something, which is very embarrassing? Okay. Although I love music. uh, All I know about pitch, if I'm Mm. really being honest, is Randy Jackson on American Idol tells people they're pitchy all the time.
0: Pitchy dog. (laughs) I believe dog is also a music theory
1: concept. That was a little pitchy dog. That's all I know. (laughs) That's pathetic. I'm in there. I'm 47.
2: Basically, a pitch is actually... Uh, what your brain uh, perceives when it when it hears a repeated vibration that's regular in nature, which is so'll I'll unpack that a little bit. Uh, there are lots of things in nature that repeat, uh, but repeat kind of slowly. So let's imagine uh, a propeller of an airplane for a second. A vi- a a, natural a, a natural phenomenon. phenomenon like a propeller on an airplane. So when you imagine a propeller, Uh, When it first starts up, um, it's repeating not very quickly. So it sounds kind of like this, you know, mechanical whooshing sound. Um, But what's interesting, and I think everyone will recognize this happening, when you hear a propeller start spinning very quickly, um, you know, as a plane might be starting to take off, you ever notice that the sound of that starts changing and you start hearing almost what sounds like a drone note? So you see there starts to be like a drone note in there that you hear that doesn't sound mechanical. It actually starts to sound like a sort of weird note. Um, and what's happening is that basically once something starts repeating at a certain level of speed your ear and your brain start perceiving this as a note.
0: That if rhythm repeats in rapid enough succession, eventually it becomes a note.
2: The threshold of, of where we start hearing pitch is usually around 20 hertz, which is hertz is a, a, a unit uh, in science that uh, has to do with frequency. So how many times something happens, how many cycles something happens per second. So 20 hertz is 20 cycles 20-somethings per second. Um, And what's interesting, too, is actually that um, the brain may have something funny about that area of frequency because, for example, um, uh, it's approximately that same area where uh, frames in in film start looking like fluid motion as well.
1: So that's fascinating. So that that 20, 20 vibrations per second... you know, uh, threshold is really interesting. So It is interesting. that seems to be where our mind orders things and looks for commonalities and structure.
0: That's the point where our brains sort of just get tired and we're like, I don't know, music. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So your brain just summarizes a lot. It's like so much information. Your brain's like, oh, actually, that's a sound now. So Hertz is a measure of how many times per
0: second something vibrates. And when we're hearing pitch, our brains are processing those vibrations. They're converting them into a note. And what that note is depends on how many vibrations we're hearing.
2: There's thousands of all these different frequencies. There's all these different ways of making these sounds. So um, one of the interesting things is that different cultures uh, have different uh, frequencies that they've chosen as being the ones that uh, to some extent kind of matter to them for their music. Uh, and in Western music, you know, we have certain frequencies that we've kind of, uh, you know, there's these conventions we've agreed to. and We say, okay, this is that frequency. Uh, the most f- famous one is A, uh, which is defined actually as 440 hertz. So 440 vibration, you know, cycles a second. Uh, this is A. So we choose this frequency and we say, hey, 440 hertz, that pitch is uh, is A, which actually I can uh, play right here. So A is this. That's A. The air molecules here, when I hit this, are, you know, uh, vibrating at 440 times a second. So that's what you hear. Right,
0: so A is 440 yes. vibrations per second. Yes. What if you've got, like, 441?
2: Yep. Totally, totally. So that would be, you know, uh, there's a certain uh, range around notes where uh, the brain basically feels it's still the A, and uh, that would be a little bit what, what in music we'd call sharp. So things that are a little bit higher than a set frequency, we say they're a little sharp, and things that are a little under a frequency, we, we call them a little flat. In other words...
0: Pitchy dog.
1: <laughs> so what? How do octaves fit into this? So if you're at 440 vibrations per second with A, yep. like what happens when you jump up an octave? What's going on? So
2: basically, when you double a frequency, it's what we would call an octave. Uh, so oh, which, which, which okay. is, so, so it's that simple? It's that simple. So basically, if A is 440. When you double the frequency of that and you say, okay, I just want to double that frequency. I want to hear 880. You hear that. Okay, so
0: just to be clear, pretty much every human, when they hear 440 or 880 hertz, that frequency is going to sound like the same note. But what they call it and what they consider a scale, those those things will vary across
2: cultures. Exactly.
1: Okay, so we understand pitch. We understand the vibrations relatively well. So now how are we How are we bending towards this magical uh, circle of fifths?
0: We're only playing one thing at a time. Exactly. Which is not how
2: most music sounds. Most music doesn't just do one at a time. So the second note. So the second note. So we're going to start with the most basic one we already talked about to keep it simple. So what if we play the A and then we play the other A one octave up at the same time? Okay. And Adam, you already said it. That's an octave. So we got an octave here. So we're already playing what's called an interval. That's two notes at once. So That's an octave. It sounds really consonant, really stable. And an interval
0: can be any two notes at once. Any two notes.
2: Any two notes. I could play, you know, I could play, (laughs) I could do any of these. These are all intervals, you know? All of these things are intervals. And each interval is related. Uh, It's just the ratio of these frequencies. So this one we know is two to one. So now, what if we choose another real? Wait, yes, sorry. Happen.
0: It's that's two. To, so what you just played yes. was the octave, and the it's octave. two to one because
2: yes. because the frequency of this one is four hundred and forty hertz, and the frequency of this one is eight hundred and eighty hertz. So if you just take eight hundred and eighty divided by four hundred forty, it's two. Okay, it's doubled.
0: I feel comfortable with that amount it's just of totally.
2: Math. D- that's that's as much as we will need. Okay, it's just doubled. That's it. So and I'm just so let's keep it simple here. What if, I'm just going to throw a number out there. What if I said, I want to increase the ratio here. I want to take this A, and I want to increase the frequency by 50%. That's all I want to do. I just want to say, what does the note sound like if I increase this 50%, okay? That's E. So that's the ratio of A to E is 3 to 2, and that's actually how you define it. It's, it's basically 50% more frequency is a fifth, we call it. And this is, the, and the name and music theory we give you, we call it call a perfect fifth.
0: So this feels like a lot of math for me to have to manage in this setting. But it sounds like what you're saying is that the relationships between the notes in an interval, that relationship can be summarized mathematically, and our brains tend to like it better. They they like the sound better when that math is actually pretty simple.
2: In in Western music, we've chosen certain very simple. Uh, relationships between frequencies, and the fifth is is this one.
0: So that's A to E to E. Yes, and that's an interval because it's two yes. notes.
2: Two notes, it's an interval. Certain types of intervals, uh, you know, tend to feel certain degrees of stable or unstable, and this is to some extent due to culture. You know, maybe the numbers are just easy for our brain to process this sort of relationship. So if I do this for mm. a second.
0: <laughs> that, so that, that feels a little bit, little different, right? I mean, my response to that was like, that got
2: darker. It got a little darker, got a little different.
1: The fifth is like a reveal in a movie. Like the, turns out the wife is alive mm-hmm. and she steps in the door with the fifth. The second one feels like she's not alive <laughs> and the guy is going to commit suicide.
2: That's interesting you say that because the the second one, this is a very famous interval uh, called the tritone. And uh, in in fact, in the Middle Ages, uh, it was referred to as diabolus in musica, which is the devil in music, this ratio, uh, and was forbidden. That's awesome. And it was actually forbidden to be used, uh, you know, in, in certain contexts. And it wasn't really until, like, around the 1700s that uh, people started using it. And the tritone, the funny thing with the tritone is that it's actually not, you know, it's, On its own, it it sounds less, let's imagine, less potentially stable than the fifth. But when you use it in a context of other types of music, it's great and actually can be used in so many different ways. So for example, just uh, uh, to show where the tritone is very clear, the beginning of this theme song has the tritone almost right away. So that's a tritone. The Simpsons. Wow. That's a tritone. Or, and in
0: the, yeah. in the 1600s you would have gone to jail forever You would for have burned it them. at
2: the stake for that that yeah, for the tritone. So even in the Simpsons that we just heard, you know, it starts with the tritone but right away goes to a fifth. So it's So you have that right away. It's actually and funny enough the tritone there is almost like the step to getting to the perfect fifth which is the resolution of that let's call it dissonance, you know, which is similar in uh, like uh, Bernstein's Maria, you know, uh, that. Right. So there you go. You have a, you have the tritone and then it goes to a fifth right away. You know, Maria,
1: I've just met a girl named Maria and suddenly that name will never be the same. Nick, what would happen if you did a tritone at the beginning of our national anthem? Like, if you added a tritone that resolved with a fifth, uh, what would it sound so like? So if
2: we do it where it actually, if we start out, it would be something like this. <laughs> or or, or it would be this. That would be interesting. So it would be... <laughs>
1: The Civil War would have happened 40 years earlier. <laughs>
0: You've told us there are a bunch of these intervals, these sequences of notes, and they've all got these like funny names. But the one that we were really focusing on is the perfect fifth, this one. The, it's like This one is the building block of what we're talking about today, of the circle of fifths. And from what I understand, what makes a fifth a fifth is basically the relationship between the notes – In the interval, basically in the scale. If we're thinking about like a piano, they're just five keys away from each other. One, two, three, four, five. Perfect fit. Mm -hmm.
2: I like to think in a way. If you think of like composing as sort of this, you know, like a chef mixing all these different intervals and chords and rhythms and pitches together. um, Different intervals, to me, have
1: different almost like flavors. You know. So we're we're getting intervals. We're getting two notes at a time. Two notes at a time. Yep. So. So now we're uh, it feels like we're on the threshold of chords, right? We are
2: right on the threshold of chords. We are we are exactly there. And if we Rachel, there's
1: no way I'm ready for this. (laughs) Can we take a break? I'm going to go take a shower, (laughs) uh, have a, a cup of tea, take a walk around the neighborhood and then we do this.
0: I think that sounds fair.
1: And I'm back. I've just <laughs> taken a shower. I've had some chamomile tea. I read a little bit of Cahill uh, Gabrón's The Prophet. I feel very centered. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go into chords.
0: <laughs> All right. From Gimlet Media, this is Surprisingly Awesome.
1: I'm Rachel Ward. And I am Adam McKay, and we're joined by Nicholas Bertel, and we're talking about the circle of fifths.
0: And so we have been made to understand that a note... hmm and pitch mm-hmm. and a frequency
2: mm-hmm.
0: are all pretty much the same thing. Pretty much. So we're going to use all those words pretty interchangeably. Absolutely. And another idea that's on the table here is the idea of an interval, mm-hmm. which is two notes played at the same time. Exactly. And a type of interval is a fifth.
2: A fifth is a type of an interval. Exactly. So it's it's when you go from one note and you go up five notes. So you go, if you're, if you're on the first first note here, you get say, so this is, the, if we define the first note as one, the second note is two going up the scale, three, four, five. So it's up a fifth. That's how we would count it in, in, in music theory.
0: Okay, where do we go
2: from here? Okay, so we have these different types of intervals, and interval, again, we're saying is basically two notes at once. So chords are when we add a more notes. So it could be three or more notes, you get chords. Before that, when you're dealing with intervals, uh, you're just talking about the the, the sort of flavor of of intervals isn't quite as complex, let's say, as the flavors that you can get when you have full chords. You know, you can really cook all this crazy stuff once you have these three note chords. Um, And just to make it very, very clear, when we talk about chords, we always talk about the chord based on that first note. So that means that there's more than one A chord, right? So an A chord is basically any notes you stack on top of an A. So here, that's A major, A minor. You could have uh, A dominant seventh.
1: That was, uh, that was my nickname when I played basketball in uh, college. <laughs> I, was, I was A dominant seventh. I heard that. Yeah.
0: That's it. Yeah. Can yeah. you compose us some walk-on music for him real quick with using his nickname?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, from the University of Kentucky, at power forward, Adam A. Dominant Seventh McKay. <laughs> <laughs> the w- That's your weirdest basketball nickname ever. So you're saying A. Dominant Seventh. You're saying A minor. You're saying A major. Yes. Is it always the note on the... The left of the chord is the one defining
2: it. Absolutely, the the the, the lowest note generally is what we would call it. You know, the bass note on the chord the, the or, or people have different terms for it. People call it the bass note. People call it the root. People call it the fundamental, all these different terminology. But basically, when you're when you're thinking about chords and harmony, the simplest, most most fundamental way of thinking about it is that it's the bass note that kind of determines a lot of Western harmony. And that's why, when you think about in you know, in a band or, the bassist is such a crucial, crucial thing because the bass is actually what's going to help you kind of know what chord you're on at any given time ah, yeah. okay. it's
0: almost more b-a-s-e than b-a-s-s uh
2: it's a great way to think about as it as in actually. like a home plate. the base like yeah. the basis the basic yeah so all right so we're in the yeah. realm of
1: chords here exactly I feel like i i have a a vague caveman like knowledge of chords now
2: basically chord progressions are just when you play more than, you know, two or more chords in a row, you get a chord progression. It's just like this sort of parade of chords. So, for example, there are these very famous and very uh, often used chord progressions in Western music. Uh, we were talking about 5-1, like the perfect fifth, you know, going from a, uh, the, the 5 to 1. If you build the chords on top of those notes, you then get that thing called the authentic cadence, the 5-1 progression, which is this. So basically. So here's five, and here's one. So you hear that that sound, very common sound. It feels very like you're like almost at like the ending of something. You're like, and we are done, you know. <laughs> and then another one. Actually, uh, here's one called. Well, I'll play this, and you tell me what you think. So we're very used to this. Right? 5-1. What if I go? Oh so That's called deceptive. Ooh, that... That's called deceptive. <laughs> I like that's that. That's a deceptive that's cadence. Called... Exactly, it's a deceptive cadence because your brain kind of, you're like, oh, I'm going here. But actually we're like, nope, we're going there. <laughs> so now we understand
0: that this is a chord progression. It's just one chord after another. So this feels like now we are poised to understand the circle of fifths, yes? Exactly.
1: So we have arrived, we have arrived at the Circle of Fits. I feel like I'm in seventh grade and I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons again. And we've just gone through a great adventure, a module, as they used to call them. (laughs) And we are finally, we have arrived at the stony gates of the Circle of Fits. Nick Bertel, as our dungeon master, please lead us into this (laughs) magical realm. So,
2: so exactly. So we're simplifying this a little bit. But essentially, a circle of fifths is this very common uh, type of chord progression. Let's imagine, instead of just these two-note chord progressions, like going from the 5 to the 1, where the bass note goes from the 5th note of the scale to the 1st note of the scale, what if actually we keep going and we play more chords after that? And what if every chord that we played was just this sequence related by moving the bass note a fifth? Okay. Okay. So this, you're going to play something that's basically just adding five. I'm just, I'm basically moving the bass note by a fifth each time. So if you m- take the bass note, if we start on C and I go here, so you'll hear these sounds. So this is the bass going down a fifth. You see, these things can move by fifths. Or if I go up, I go. Okay. See, those are just fifths, right? And I'm actually in the
0: room with Nick playing the keyboard and I can see. C that on the keyboard it's yes. just counting.
2: Exactly. We're just we're just, just we're like just 5 keys down the row. We're just moving these things by a fifth, right? So if I do that and then I just put chords that we were doing, just build basic chords on top of each one of those, you get this sound. <laughs> and you see so you get this thing called a chord progression. And you can do it in different types of tonality. So that's like the major circle of this. You could do a minor one.
0: Okay, so it's, I see how that is more complicated. That we had, earlier we had that like Beethoven-y cadence that's sort of like, and it's the end of something. And then we had that deceptive cadence that was like kind of like a fake out. And then this one is just a lot more There's just like a, a lot more to it because it's not just one chord to another chord. It's one chord to another chord to another chord. It's a series of chords that follows a pattern.
2: So this one's interesting because basically the bass notes, when you do a circle of fifths, you hit every, every basic chord of the scale in the process of going through it. So in a cool way, it's this kind of summary of the chords of a scale. And, you know, to use that number terminology we're using where you start on like one... And you're back at one. And that's the reason it's cool, because it actually, it's like this weird identity of the scale, you know? And it has this type of sound that, in a weird way, because you're kind of coming back to the one at the end, but you're going through this interesting journey of the chords, I think different people feel differently about the progression, but I tend to have this almost kind of nostalgic, wistful feeling. So here's, here's the circle of fifths.
1: funny it, it has uh it a little bit feels like graduating sixth grade yet it's got a little bit of grooviness to it exactly uh it's got it's got a little bit of life to it so it is like i sort of have a similar feeling of like nostalgia mm-hmm. yet it's dynamic at the same time like a dynamic nostalgia exactly is almost what it feels like let me be a real i once again a tone-deaf non-musical person how is that in Fly Me to the Moon? I, I still can't quite hear it. So here's the thing. So this is where it's cool. So
2: so in Fly Me to the Moon, uh, it's actually doing that exact thing. Fly Me to the Moon is in, in A minor. And when you hear the melody, so the melody is... Right? So if you look at our bass notes, mm-hmm. it's exactly doing the circle. Watch. So the bass note is...
0: Okay, yeah, so I'm watching him play this, and I can see that his left hand, the hand playing the bass line, is sort of just like climbing up and down the
2: keyboard. So basically the left hand is making this pattern, and then it repeats. Just our circle of fifths. And so that sound... Wow. If you just look at the bass note, you see the whole thing.
0: Can you play us another example? I think... Yes. We heard we you've actually prepared something for yes. us yes. that shows us how how truly similar yes. lots of music is.
2: So another another very famous piece that happens to use uh, the circle of fifths is the song I will survive. So here is a quick example of that. I was afraid. I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights I learned how to get along and so you're back. So, so, that is a circle of fifths, basically, where it's the same, and actually, it's even in the same key as the Fly Me to the Moon example, where it's. See, the left hand is just doing the same exact thing. So, again, it's the bass. The bass that is, is driving this, and you're just building chords on top of that progression. Using that progression. And so, this was something that actually I, I discovered over the weekend. If you take the fly me to the moon audio file and you mash it up with I will survive. The bizarre thing is they actually fit on top of each other perfectly, which is kind of crazy and shows that they're really using the same harmonies. So this is, and this is something that people do in mashup culture, this is why a lot of this stuff exists. So uh, I'll play this example and you'll see that they literally are the same. And then here's a piece by Mozart that does the same thing. See, they're all the same. (laughs) It's incredible. It's totally incredible. So all of these...
1: That's really cool.
0: DJs are really just scammers. They're just exploiting a fundamental component well, of music theory. You well, know, look, I mean... <laughs> do you sit down and do you say to yourself, like, ah, I think this is a moment where I'd like to deploy a fifth? Like, do you actually, like, sort of have that internal conversation?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. There is... It depends, you know, if I'm... Especially when uh, with writing film music, where you're really trying to think about things that are happening dramatically in a film and you're trying to imagine the way that... Your music can emotionally relate to those things. Um, yeah, I absolutely. There's a sort of, uh, you know, there's like a toolkit and a vocabulary of different types of chords and different things. And you know, you have everything from, you know, these, you know, different types of chords feel like different things. So minor chords have their sort of feel, and you know, so augmented chords have this kind of kind of feel, and major chords have that sort of feel. You know, so everything has its own feeling, and and composing is that fun experimentation and search for different. Types of emotional journeys, and so the circle of fifths is kind of like a tool in your toolkit as a composer. Sure, I love the circle of fifths, and in fact, uh, as as we realized recently, uh, there is a, there is a partial circle of fifths in the surprisingly awesome theme music. <laughs> So basically I do a little circle of fifths sequence inside and that gives it that same kind of feeling where you're you're cycling through these different things but then coming home in the end.
1: That's really cool man. Wow. Yeah. I once again whenever we do this show I always just feel like why didn't someone tell me this in 3rd grade?
0: <laughs> um this has been amazing. My mind is officially blown. I'm going to be looking for the circle of fifths everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to become a circle of fifths detective. Amazing. <laughs> Surprisingly Awesome's theme song is obviously by Nicholas Bertel. Our ad music is by Build Buildings. We were edited this week by Alex Bloomberg and Annie Rose Strasser. We were produced by me, Rachel Ward, and Khalila Holt. Matthew Bull mixed the show. Robin Woolley and Eric Mendel provided production assistance. Special thanks to Emma Jacobs.
1: And a huge thanks to Nick Bertel. If you want to hear more from him, the soundtrack he did for The Big Short is on iTunes, and it's incredible.
0: And we've got something new that you might really like. Every week we have to leave cool and weird facts on the cutting room floor and we find it very wasteful. So now we're doing a newsletter. Every episode we're going to send out more stuff. So if you want in on that, head to GimletMedia.com slash awesome and look for the sign up box. It's down on the lower right hand side of the screen. GimletMedia.com slash awesome.
1: If you're enjoying Surprisingly Awesome, you should rate and review it on iTunes. Uh, That's the number one way you can help more people discover this show.
0: And you can tweet at us at Surprising Show, email us at surprisingly awesome at gimletmedia.com. We're also on Facebook. Our website is gimletmedia.com slash awesome, and our Tumblr is True Shark Attack Surprisingly
1: Awesome is a production of Gimlet Media.
2: And we are done.